Exploring the Prophetic is a conversation-based podcast that we want to invite you on this journey into people's lives in every sphere of society where they're sharing how they've heard God and what's happened as a result. I want to encourage you to come join the conversation. And this season, season three, we're specifically focusing on how when God speaks, there's breakthrough actions that happen that would have never happened if it wasn't for hearing from God in the first place. Before and after moments, what would take 20 years is happening in a second because beautiful believers are obeying the voice of God. Come join the conversation. Come join the narrative. God is speaking to you today. Oh, today on the show, we have a magician illusionist, Jay Owenhouse, who has heard God so powerfully that it's led him to be one of the top illusionists in the field of magic. As a Christian who hears from God and uses this platform to really give away a depth of who God is, even though it's not a faith-based show, there's faith components to it. To show people, Romans 8, 28, God can work anything for the good of those who love him. And Jay and his family, who lost her beautiful, beautiful mother and wife, uh, several years ago, who helped plant this magic show, we're going to ask Jay to take us on that journey of a story of Susan's passing, but also a new birthing for the whole family into a greater measure of faith for what God wanted to do. And it's a beautiful story. You don't want to miss it. So come join us right after this. I'm so excited to introduce you, my podcast family, to my new show on YouTube. It's called Your Prophetic Journey with Sean Bowles. And it's all about you. That's why we call it Your Prophetic Journey. Because we have learned that as you hear other people's prophetic stories, it creates a prototype faith for you, especially through this show, this podcast that we've been having. And we wanted to do some video versions where I can tell some of my stories, not just hear other people's stories with you and narrate their stories, but actually talk to some friends, but also share the process behind prophetic words, journey stories. We have things about nightmares and what to do with witchcraft and what to do with themes that people don't always talk about in the mainstream. And I'm going to talk about those things for real for you and how to apply your Christian faith to have great breakthrough in these areas. I promise you this is going to be such a fun show. We're going to have such a good time together. You can watch the first episode now. Go to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe and get notifications to our YouTube channel at Bulls Ministries on YouTube. Thanks so much. I am so excited about our guest today. We've never, ever had a magician. And I love you, Jay. I'm so glad you're with us. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, it's great to be with you. You and your family are just so special. And I love the the going to your magic show. I went before uh, in your last season because now things have changed a little bit because you have new tire, tigers you're introducing and all kinds of new things happening. But I just so I, I, I was so impacted by the fact that you guys have brought this incredible entertainment value with such a spirituality to it and such a real authentic message to it. And I'm just excited to talk to you today. So thanks for being here. And here we go. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to talk to a magician. This is all, But what's fun is that I, was, I didn't know this about you. We've talked several times now, but I didn't know you were a psychologist. That that was your background. Yeah, you know, I almost uh, became a practicing clinical psychologist. And I just, I'd finished my undergraduate and I was headed to graduate school. I was newly married and, and I just had an epiphany over the summer. I woke up one, one day and I just like, I don't know if I want to do this the rest of my life. Wow. What is it that I really After loved? working that hard on it too, I love it. Yeah. What I really loved when I thought about it was I loved performing and I loved working with animals and I just uh, kind of found a way to do both. Now, just for our guests to hear, like, it's so exciting. Like this is, we're going to talk about this later, but you have three tigers. Like you guys have tigers. 
And so, I've met yeah. two of the tigers. One of them, unfortunately, we may tell that story passed away. So I've met two of the new ones. But your tigers are amazing. And I love that you guys have incorporated that in part of your show. I mean, what a dream. My daughters live vicariously through your YouTube channel about your tigers. <laughs> and they talk about them all the time because they're so excited about them. But I just wanted to interject that in the beginning of the show. So as people are listening, there's some, um, this is an unusual life you guys are living. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's, uh, it, it's amazing because, you know, I, I took that kind of step of faith and, and got our first tiger. Uh, we kind of started a tiger sanctuary. Um, we kind of started a tiger sanctuary. <laughs> That's not kind of. You fully started it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, fortunately, I had a, a good friend of mine who was a professional, um, you know, animal uh, trainer and, and had worked with tigers and probably now is probably the, the best known tiger trainer in the world. His name is Rick Glassie. And wow. Yeah, he's been a good friend and he, he just kind of walked me through it. And, you know, I kind of like first time parents, you know, and we made a, some mistakes and, but we always, you know, treated him with love and respect and, and used what's called affectionate training, where it's all based off positive oh, uh, reward and, and interaction. And, you know, we just, if we saw, if we wanted to shape a behavior, we always did it um, through positive reinforcement. And we just realized we had a special, you know, connection with these animals and that, that it was really an opportunity also to share them with an audience and talk about their plight, because a lot of people don't know that they are on the verge of extinction. And, and what's, What's really been exciting for us is, is we've had a lot of people over the years really pray over the tigers that they would really be um, a, an ambassador to God's you know, glory and his, his creative um, mastery, you know, and that's yeah. really been the case. No, and it's it's a beautiful thing because you guys, I, I call you behind the scenes. You don't know this, the the tiger whisperer, <laughs> because <laughs> you do you you can tell you have such affection to your children for your adult children. When I say children, um, for for the tigers, I mean like there's they are part of your family, but it's they're still very real, you know, tigers. They're in, in the sense of you guys are advocating for what tigers are and and what they can be, and because of that, the community. Um, there's not a lot of persecution, so to speak, against what you guys are doing because you're such good advocates of what tigers are and that they are endangered. And I think that's so beautiful. Like, I think it's such a, a big part of the message to God had an original plan. And part of that was tigers being on the earth and you guys are being, you know, being good stewards of that message. Well, let's go deep because I feel like, you know, you grew up not really in a charismatic kind of circle or a Pentecostal circle. And so you knew there was something mis- missing with the Holy Spirit, not being a part of some of your Christianity of what you were being raised in. But you went on a journey of, you know, you got your psychology degree and then you were an undergrad. You got married to a beautiful woman I didn't have the chance to meet, Susan. And you guys started a life together where you, she, she and you together decided to go after entertainment as a career with God. And talk about that because you were, I mean, this, this was not an easy route. You were working several jobs, having children. I mean, you were, yeah. you were going for it. Let's, let's kind of go back there and where was God and all that? And just kind of tell us about that journey. Yeah. So when, you know, when we got married, we wanted to stay in Montana and, you know, we realized our best option really was, I think the, the gifting that God had given me in performing. And we kind of just started a business together. We started uh, doing shows on the weekends. You know, we started small doing shopping malls and 
and uh, I was working a couple other jobs at that time and and it just began to take off and we realized it was a great way for us to stay uh, in Montana and, and raise our family and and you know Susan really had a good uh, knack for business and and so we we just loved the opportunity of, of working together and and you know like you said going back to my faith you know I was raised in a very kind of conservative kind of Baptist background and I always uh, would read the Bible and and I'd get excited about the parts you know where where um, you know Jesus was teaching his disciples and and also in Acts and and uh, all the miracles and things that happened and I I could never settle that in my mind I guess the explanation of why that wasn't for today and uh, so that was always kind of a kind of um, an unanswered question for me. Yeah. And I think as as you know, we began to grow uh, together as a couple. We both kind of shared those same you know thoughts, and and we really didn't know the answer to it. And then I remember one night I, I happened to turn on uh, Joel Osteen actually, and and uh, I started watching his his TV show, and and that really kind of kind of helped soften my view I think of of how God really felt about me as a a person and really I think just realizing that faith wasn't really just about you know obeying a a set of rules and trying to constantly strive to to please you know God but that he really wanted a relationship with us and and that really kind of really began to change us as a couple I think and and we really really began to kind of kind of uh, explore our faith in kind of a whole new direction and really seeing God differently. And I think also having uh, children at that time, uh, it, it really kind of changed my perspective of how, of being a father, of how a father, you know, our Heavenly Father sees us, you know. Isn't that so true? Really... I mean, everybody who starts to have kids, it just transforms your view of God. Absolutely. I mean, it's just such a beautiful process in life. I think a lot of people go through a lot of healing just having kids. But you guys have four. You had four children. Yeah, that's yeah, a we lot. Had four. We had four kids, and then when uh, our last one was born, which was kind of a surprise, but you know, that was probably the first time that I really, really heard uh, God's voice. Actually, we were in Hawaii um, as a family, and um, God woke me up in the middle of the night and said, "You're gonna have. You guys are gonna have another child." Wow. And I thought, and so I remember telling Susan, and and uh, she's like, "No, we're not going to have any more kids. We have three, <laughs> three you know." And you were traveling and, the world uh, at that point, yeah. yeah. Like you guys were, I mean, touring. I think you said you had the second largest magic show on the earth at that point yeah. for Illusion. Yep, that's crazy. And so you were traveling as a family with three kids at that at that time, and you find out you're pregnant with a fourth. Yeah. So. Um, we uh, th- th- that helped because I think Susan had kind of felt like she didn't want to have any more kids, and then when we got, you know, uh, pregnant, then we really were excited about it and realized that this was was going to be a great thing for our family. Um, wow! And you know, at that point, we were we were traveling the world. We we were making we were traveling with an elephant. Uh, oh my gosh! I didn't know that. Disappear in, <laughs> in, in Asia, and and, it, and that was uh, that was kind of the high point of, I think, of our career was in 2008. 
we were making an elephant disappear. We had a tiger with us, and we uh, were in Japan. We had people flying over from Korea just to see the show, and and it was uh, it was amazing. And then, as you know, what what happened shortly after that was was Susan got really sick and um, had developed a a um, immune deficiency um, immune disease which later we found out was sclerosing cholangitis, a rare form of liver uh, disease, that they didn't really know a lot about it at that time. Mm. Um, we, we went to a lot of uh, experts, went to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester and spent a lot of time in Seattle, and, and the disease kept progressing. What happens is the, the bile ducts in the liver begin to close, and, and the bile can't get out, and so the liver becomes... Oh, wow. You know, poisons itself and we tried some very um, experimental things to, that had never been done before because it was our only option and it didn't help and finally she became number one in the country for a liver transplant and it was you know I, I can't explain it but it just it just didn't happen I mean there was always something that prevented the uh, liver transplant from happening and she was wow. in we waited several months, and she was in ICU, and she just didn't make it, and it, it kind of turned our world upside down, you know? Well, I'm going to go back there a little bit, and I, I know this is sensitive, but how old were the kids during this, this period? So she passed away in, in 2009. Uh, my son, my oldest son, John, was born in 1990, so he was 19, and um, my next oldest uh, son, Peter, was 17. And then my uh, daughter, Juliana, uh, at that time was 15, 14 or 15. And then Christina was just five years old. Wow. So let's talk about it spiritually, because you guys, in this time, you and Susan both got awakened to kind of God can heal. And that was a new yeah. theme and thought for you. And it came right when she had this disease diagnosed. And so around the same time, you're reading Bill Johnson's book, When Heaven Invades Earth, and you're you're hearing all these stories, and so your family goes on this journey. Like, were your kids in the journey of like, we're going to go after healing yeah, and believe that either medically or spiritually, this is going to happen? Like, like, what was that like? Talk about that a little bit. I didn't, please forgive me if it's well, a very painful subject. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, a pastor friend of mine had introduced me to Bill Johnson's book, When Heaven Invades Earth, and that really just that book just kind of transformed our our family's thinking. And really, just kind of connected a lot of dots for us as far as really, really making sense as far as you know who God was and that he you know that he is the same uh, today as he's always been and and how uh, you know miracles and and the, you know the prophetic and healing is you know for today and I remember we went to uh, Susan and I went in the middle of her illness we went to to Bethel Church and just kind of we were seeking you know healing obviously and. But we just really wanted to be in that that element, and and it was an amazing experience, and we really believed yeah. that Susan was was going to be healed, and and you know when we came back from from that experience over that summer, we just had amazing, just an amazing presence of God in our house. Uh, wow. In fact, it wasn't uncommon. People would come over to our house, and it wasn't uncommon that they would look down and see gold dust on their hands. I mean, we wow. would have gold dust on our hands. Um, people would come over to the house and. Even though we were battling that that terrible disease uh, with Susan, there was still just an amazing presence of God in our home, and 
And I think that that really took our whole family so much uh, deeper uh, in our relationship with the Lord. We, we put a, a, a special prayer room in our house and we would uh, just, just spend you know, time in there soaking together as a family. We became very close as a family. And uh, it, was, it was just an amazing time. So I think when we lost her in, in April of 2009, I think that was a, just a huge shock because yeah. we, we never expected that. Um, you know, we felt like we were, there were things that we were fighting against um, in terms of, uh, you know, pushing through that healing. And, you know, I don't totally understand that. Maybe, you know, some of that was ancestral, maybe um, just because of our, I don't know, we don't really know why. We just don't, we just don't yeah. know why the, the healing didn't come. But but I think when, that, when, a, when a family goes through a situation like that, I mean, two things either happen, either one, you know, you, you turn away from God uh, in, you know, in, in bitterness and anger and not understanding, um, or it draws you closer. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully for every member of our family, even though we didn't understand, we couldn't deny the reality of, of what God was doing in our lives. And I, you know, I look at it, Jay, and I just think of your children and how much you and Susan have both loved them well, and they're all adults now, and they're beautiful. And it just, you look at them and you think, they survived this so well because of you guys. Because you just have such a solid beauty in your hearts of just processing with God. I mean, I know even, you know, reading through your story that you've released in the magic shows where you tell part of the story, and there's just so much... Um, there's, I mean, there's the pain of it that's very real that everyone could either relate to or just have empathy for. I only have empathy for because I haven't had that experience. But there's also there's this 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 place of supernatural hope that you bring through people through the story of like, but we're on the other end. We're like, we're, you know, it's it's okay not because she died, but it's okay because God. And a few months after she passed away, you had an experience with God that I think was really profound. Do you mind sharing that about the vision? Yeah, so, you know, I was in the prayer room one one evening. Uh, this was a few months after. I think it was early summer. She passed away in April. And just kind of really just seeking God for an understanding of, you know, what went wrong in my perspective. And he just gave me this incredible uh, vision. And, you know, I've never really had a vision before. Yeah. And uh, it was... You know, Susan was in heaven. Mm. She always loved the beach, so she was like on this beautiful beach in heaven, and and she was just so happy. Wow. I'm sorry, it's still, it's still a little tender, but it should be. I think but, it's wow. But he just said to me, um, she she's happy. Um, if she had the choice, she wouldn't come back. Wow. And I asked, I asked, I asked him why. And he said, "I'm not going to tell." Uh, sorry, <laughs> I haven't thought about this in a while. But uh, yeah. he said, "I'm not going to tell you why." But when you when you get here, you'll understand. Wow. 
And that, that, was, that was really enough for me because it didn't, it didn't make the hurt go away, but it, um, it, was, it was enough, you know? Well, there's this place, I think, in grief, too, and it, that was such a fresh place, you know, right then. And I feel like when God comes, even if there's not full resolution, it kind of puts a bottom on the hole that feels bottomless. And it starts to become a well instead of a bottomless pit. It starts to become something you, your faith can draw from as far as like, okay, I still have pain. I still have this place where I don't have total peace in all areas, but there's a peace here that I can't, it's beyond my understanding. And I, I, I was like, you know, just reading that part of your story going, wow. And I, I just in our notes together, just going, wow, God. Cause I mean, any of us, like, there's people who are listening who've been through something like this. And there's people who've never been through something like, like this. And when someone who's like a brother, so to speak in the faith, your story and your testimony actually helps us to understand how to process. It's, it's like our, it, it mentors people on how to process their journey, even though it doesn't mean that you're, everything's resolved and we can feel the pain of what you went through still today because of your reaction. But it's, there's still so much beauty in the sense that God met you and he, yeah. he gave you a glimpse into, okay, you know, I don't want to over define that cause it's such a beautiful story, but your kids during that time, they were obviously through that year, they just needed so much encouragement. And I love that that's when you guys were exposed to a friend of mine, who I love, Heidi Baker, you guys went to Vegas yeah. to hear her speak and something happened. Like, tell, tell me about what happened in that moment. Well, it was really interesting, you know, looking back how God puts these, these pieces together and, and, you know, my son John um, had uh, listened to Heidi Baker and saw that, that there was this prophetic conference going on in Las Vegas and, and that would be it would be fun to go down there and, and just kind of be refreshed. And so we, we drove down to Las Vegas from Montana and uh, went to this church that we'd never heard of, uh, ICLV, and, and just had an amazing weekend. Uh, we had the opportunity, I think, if I remember right, I think Bill Johnson was there too, mm. and uh, Heidi Baker, and uh, they just had a great uh, worship uh, group that they'd brought in. and, and it was just so important to our family, I think, to, to really, to really be in that environment and to be refreshed. And we just uh, came back from that uh, experience, just really, you know, just feeling, you know, God's, you know, love over us, and and it's just it's just exactly what we needed at that time. And and you know, little what I know, you know, years later that that ICLV would would kind of play an important part of of kind of our breakthrough and what, you know, what God's doing now. Yeah. we got to go there in the story, but I want to get before there. Cause you went from, you went through just a couple of years of real wilderness of just trying to figure out what's next. And, and you and the kids together decided to start the illusion show again. Like they wanted to be in it. They wanted to be yeah. in on it. They wanted to do this as a family business. And how, how did that start? Like, how did you guys decide, like, we're going to do this? Yeah, we were, you know, we were still, you know, still working. Um, we had gone after, you know, we lost Susan in 2009. Uh, we were kind of in rough, a rough situation, you yeah. know, financially. That was really tough. And we were still doing a few shows just to kind of, you know, put food on the table, but not really doing it 
with any sort of real passion. It was more mm. kind of just doing it to survive. And I think the, I think that the kids, like you know, uh, really saw that that what we had was really unique, yeah. and that it that it's something that that God had had given us, you know, to do, and that we, that really they wanted to come in as a family and and really and really make this business work and really get to a point where we could tell our story uh, to encourage other people that that were in need of hope. And we just, we started, you know, we started kind of from zero again. It's kind of amazing as you probably know in entertainment, it's, it's as quickly as you feel you can reach the, to the top, you can also be back at the bottom pretty quickly. You know, yeah. people, people forget, you know, no one seemed to remember the success that we had in, in Asia and, and our, and touring and, we, you know, in the TV stuff yeah, we've done, so we were common. literally, yeah, we were literally starting set. over. Yeah, and so we did. We started over, and you know, the we did it as a, a family business. The kids came in and kind of gave their input on what you know what the show should look like and the music that we should use. And you know, both my daughters, uh, Christina and and Juliana, came in and and took over for their mom as far as performing in the show and and just from the beginning just had such a natural uh gift for it and, and john kind of headed things up backstage and i, I just want to add to that like when you describe this what, what i love about this this isn't a faith-based show but there is a message like in the middle of it of hope where you actually share as a family what you walk through but it's very entertaining it's like i feel like when i went to it it was like uh it's like what you see in vegas it's a it's an illusion show lots of amazing tricks like we were we were pretty stunned by some of the stuff that we're watching and you have this moment where you just share as a magician like here's who our family is this is who we are and it's this message and it's like it comes across as almost like you almost flirt with being an evangelistic crusade but it works because anybody can listen without feeling afflicted or oppressed by your christianity if they don't believe in that they just feel like wow this is really authentic to their journey i'm glad they shared that and then, but you give this invitation, like if you want to talk to our family about anything you're going through afterwards, we're going to be outside and we're going to pray for you. And I was so shocked. I was like, I'm listening to it going, I'm almost in an evangelistic crusade, but I was completely entertained and I didn't feel like the hokey faith-based stuff. And I love some faith-based stuff because I'm involved in the faith-based world, but 90% of faith-based stuff when it comes to this live show performance turns really hokey really fast just by like one line. And you and you stayed on that fence of we're just going to be authentic, and and help people with our real journey. And it was beautiful. It was just absolutely beautiful. And how has that evolved over time? And what does that look like for you guys as a family? It's it's been you know God has been so good. I mean he's he's allowed us to to take this painful situation and really um, allowed us. To be a part of giving people hope, and like you said, we you know we we just authentically kind of share, you know, our a little bit of our glimpse of our journey of you know going through pain and not understanding why, and and you know through the puzzle illusion where, you know, I'm adding pieces to the puzzle and yet it always stays the same size, yeah. and it's just kind of based off of you know Romans eight twenty eight you know that that this. You know, promise that God gave us that all things do work together for good. Ultimately, yeah. if we if we love Him and are called according to His purposes, and and we just you know share that in a in an authentic way, and 
it, it's, it's amazing how many people, you know, you get a room together of a thousand people that are at the show and you know that there's hundreds of people there that are in a difficult season yeah. in their life. And in many cases, the people that we connect with after the show and, and the people that we uh, just try to encourage and listen to are people that maybe the church has forgotten about. And it's just an opportunity to, to encourage them. And, you know, after every show, we, we make, you know, strong connections with people and we're able to, you know, to try to go on and encourage them and just know that we're there and, and hopefully give them give them some some uh you know direction if that's what they want sometimes they do sometimes they don't well it's it's one of those things where you don't see a lot of entertainers or performers after a show doing anything but a self-reliant meet and greet there's it's very rare that people say i want to listen to you i want i want to hear you and and i thought that was really unique when i went to the show i just thought wow they're really like your kids are out there they're so beautiful your family is such a beautiful set of human beings, all four or five of you guys. And so to see like these guys just go out, they're, they're just there. They're like answering questions, praying if people need prayer. It was so counterculture to entertainment industry that, but it was so authentic. It just felt so real. So I really was impacted by that in that, in that moment of just like, wow, these guys are, they're really living something that's unique. And I'm just so yeah. happy for you guys. Yeah. And that's just, that's God's just given us a unique, ministry and a unique uh voice to you know just to share with people and kind of come alongside those people that are that are you know in need of hope and and uh, you know it's it's just an example of how he's taken something really difficult and made something beautiful out of it yeah well let's go into 2013 because you had another vision that year after you guys started the illusion show where you had you have this full-blown vision of performing in vegas and i hope i didn't give away the punchline but (laughs) <laughs> but tell us about this vision because now we're now in 2019 and 2020 you're actually walking towards seeing the fulfillment of that so let's talk about that so the first so the first time i i actually had a prophetic word given to me over las vegas was in 2010 a, a pastor friend of mine uh you know came and kind of visited us and um that year after we lost susan and, and he was just trying to encourage and he was trying to encourage me to keep the the show alive and keep going with it. And he said, "Oh, you're going to be in, you're going to be performing in Las Vegas, and you're going to be, you know, bigger than Danny Gans, you know." And when I when I first heard that, I you know I didn't really receive it. I thought, "Well, he's just he's just being nice, you know." <laughs> um, and then years and years later, and you know, our whole family has always kind of had a heart for Las Vegas, and I really don't know why. I mean, of course, you know, we like. We like visiting the, the city because there's great restaurants and, you know, it's kind of the mecca in some ways for magic um, shows. So that's always fun. If, you know, we have friends that perform there, but there's always been kind of a, on our heart, you know, Las Vegas just as a city. And, but we never really visualized that our show would fit there because, you know, we do have tigers in our show. Um, they're part of our family, as we talked about. And, that's not really popular right now in Las Vegas because the hotels, I think, are very sensitive to, to um, not wanting any controversy. Yeah. Um, so, 
uh, also because we you know we do share our, our a little bit of our faith and in, in our our story and our show that's it just didn't really seem like something that would fit in Las Vegas and then in, in 2013 as you mentioned uh, God gave me a, a vision a really clear vision that we were performing in Las Vegas at a in a in a tent and we were doing the same show that we had done across the country but it was it was really being used to, to reach people and that our story was really resonating with, with, with people that would come see the show and, and there was just really a presence of God over the, over the show, over the tent in Las Vegas and it was just so real and it was just so amazing that uh, it just, I couldn't forget it. But I just, it didn't, I didn't have the answer of how that could come about. You know, it was hard to receive that vision and really see it as something that could become real. But wow. yet I knew it was from God and I knew that it was in such incredible detail. You could, you know, you could, you know, every, you could, you could smell, you could see, I mean, everything was just so brilliant. I knew it was a vision from God, but it didn't really fit into my understanding, which of course I've since learned that a lot of times the prophetic uh, words that we get from the Lord don't always make sense at the time, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> so walking it out now, I mean, I, I love that. I mean, I want to fast forward the story just because I want to get to the Tigers. We don't have much time left. But, <laughs> but uh, walking it forward, your son was listening to the podcast with Denise Goulet, who's one of the pastors at ICLV. You guys ended up connecting to them because she had a vision about just this whole evangelistic kind of outreach tent thing. And I, I don't know if she shared all of that on the show. I can't remember what exactly she shared in that context of that. But you guys ended up like, I think, did you connect to me first or them first? But I don't remember. But regardless, we all got connected to where you guys ended up connecting them about this vision. And there it does happen to be property that's available. You guys end up signing on it <laughs> for 2020. And you guys are going to start your show. It's so amazing, Sean. Um, I had been asking God for just confirmation for years over this vision of being in Las Vegas, and and then uh, we connected with Denise uh, Goulet at ICLV, the same church that we had visited um, in 2010 uh, with Heidi Baker, and and um, before we connected, as you mentioned, John, my son John had heard your podcast of you um, talking with her, and I couldn't believe it when I listened to that. I mean, I literally. I literally was speechless because the same vision that she was describing was the vision that God had given me years so before. Wild. And even to the, even to the, to the location of the land Wow! on that podcast, she was talking about, um, a tent that would be used, uh, for, for praise and worship. And as you know, when we first uh, connected with, uh, Paul and Denise and, began looking at land to bring our show there, uh, we were over by the wind because there was a piece of land there that uh, seemed perfect. And we had no intention of, of being over by the Mandalay Bay, but as circumstances uh, changed, that's where we ended up, you know, right over by the Mandalay Bay, which is exactly where her vision was. And, and we're very excited about it because it's we are going to be performing in a tent on land it's it's a show that we're producing ourselves and uh, so we won't be directly tied to a hotel but yeah. we'll be in a great location 
but it also allows us to have more freedom, uh, you know, to share our animals in the show, um, you know, to, to you know, talk about our faith. Like you said, it's not uh, a, a Christian show, um, so to speak, but um, it still gives us the freedom to kind of tell our story like we do now across the country. And it allows a tent to be used um, in off hours in kind of a more, not in a, a real public way, but in kind of a private way, it's kind of an opportunity to really use that space when the show's not performing for, for prayer and worship. Absolutely. And, what a partnership. That's going to be so amazing just to have, I mean, because your show, like I said, everybody who's listening to this should go to Vegas and see your show starting in February. It's going to be so amazing. And then in the off time, especially the Christians who are listening, they're going to have prophetic teams and worship times and all kinds yep. of stuff partnered ICLV, which I think is going to be so key. One of our favorite churches, my wife was on staff there for a little while. And so yeah. we've, we're just really close to Paul and Denise Goulet, the pastors, and then also uh, the, all the, I could name them all. They're so amazing. But I, I'm so thrilled that this is just part of your next journey. I mean, it's, it's so fun that we'll have this podcast coming out before it happens, and then we get to watch it again. I want to do a follow-up next year and just hear how it's going just because of um, it is a dream it, that or a vision that God's manifesting. And I, I think this is a real season of manifesting breakthrough for yeah. things that God's spoken to us for years, you know, which I think is key. Well, I'm going to go to the Tigers. It's our last story. I'm so excited about it because I'm, but I am so sorry because you had two Tigers and you got a word from a friend that by April 1st, you're going to get two more Tigers. And that, that yeah. was a confusing word because you already had two. You didn't need any more. You didn't have room for more. Like, let's talk about this a little bit. Yeah. So in January, um, a, f- a very prophetic friend of mine and, and kind of friend of our uh, show, you know, had said, oh, you know, you're going to get two new tigers on April 1st. And, you know, he he just was kind of, you know, said it nonchalantly. We were talking about some other things in the show. And, and I'm just like, I that that's so out of left field, you know. I don't. I don't have room for more tigers. I don't want more tigers. I was saying this to myself, but that's a lifelong commitment. Um, it's it's your, yeah. It takes forever to get them, and then it takes forever to take care of them. Yeah, absolutely. And and we you know we had two tigers that we had raised from uh, fourteen weeks old. Uh, Sheena, our orange tiger, and Shekinah, our white tiger. And you know our show is set up for two tigers. Our our sanctuary is set up for two tigers, and and we need two tigers for the show. Um, because that, you know, lightens the workload on them. That makes the show easy for them. And and then in February, the next month, out of nowhere, our orange tiger, uh, Sheena, um, they're both sisters, one's orange and one's white, um, develops uh, a kidney. Uh, her kidneys just begin to shut down. And, it would, you know, we brought in, you know, the top vets and, and tried to do everything we could to save her. And to make a long story short, I mean, she passed away in a week. It was so sad. It was just heartbreaking. She was probably the, out of all the tigers I've worked with in 25 years, I mean, she was probably, the when it came to doing the show, I mean, she loved it, and she was so good at it. Wow. And and we did an autopsy and found out that that she'd had a congenital uh, uh, kidney defect that she was born with, and it had never shown itself, and it never showed up. You know, our tigers are examined by vets every 30 days we do a, a vet check and you know it never shown up in wow. blood work or anything and and it just her kidneys just gave out uh and 
and we just couldn't save her. And so that was really tragic. I remember talking to you at that time too, and and um, it was just heartbreaking. And so we had one tiger, and it was hard to it was hard to put to do our regular show with 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 our one tiger left, Shekinah, and we didn't want to push her too hard. And so we and let's define this. I mean, she Shekinah already had have a very rare surgery. Yeah, and on her leg, and and she had come through with flying colors. But I mean, you already you already had some tiger trauma going on. Yeah, and then you had this on top of that. She kind of was finally getting better, and then all of a sudden, she and it passed away. So this was like very traumatic to your show, to your family, what you guys are walking through. I just wanted to paint the picture a little bit. Like this is yeah. not, this is no small thing. Two two tigers you've loved their whole lives are going through it, and then one passes yeah. away, and it's like the core of your show. It's like one of the main attractions. Yeah. So we were on, on tour in March and we get a call uh, from the rare species asking, you know, hey, would you guys be willing to adopt, you know, two more tigers? And they were a little older because we like to get them when they're about 14 weeks old so they can, you know, um, we can, you know, bond together. And and these, you know, one was seven months. I think one was uh, uh, nine months at the time. And and but one of them was a snow white the one that was nine months, and there's only 30 Snow Whites in the world. Wow. And so we thought, oh, wow, that would be a you know real honor to, to have her. And we thought, well, yeah, let's do it. So we went back uh, east, and we picked them up at the end of March, and and we uh, brought them back home and kind of remodified our sanctuary so that we could have three tigers there. And we actually brought them home with us. But the day we got home, and I mean, actually brought them to our house with us, they lived... They lived with us in our house for six months just to kind of do this uh, massive immersion. I love the videos from that. Please go back yeah. if you're listening and watch the videos of the tigers in the house. It's the best. But when we got home, it was April 1st. Wow. I couldn't believe it. We got back to Bozeman April 1st. Wow. And we had two new tigers. And well, and let me tell you, because you had called us and told us about Sheena dying, and I immediately reached out to my prophetic team. We are about 90 people here in L.A. on our prophetic team. And they all start sending words. And I'm like old-fashioned Pentecostal words. You're going to get double for your trouble. We had like four people say that, including the first yeah. one was our old nanny, who's part of our perfect team. And she's this older Hungarian woman who hears from God. And they just all – and when they first – I was like, should I give this to Jay right now? Like, I don't know that he needs to hear you're going to get two tigers when you just lost one. That's not a fun word to get when you're grieving. But I just was like, this is God. Like, God's on this. And then I didn't know about the April word and that your friend had given you. And so like when we're giving you the words from our prophetic team, which are all about, you're going to get two tigers. I was like, is this okay? Like, uh, <laughs> here you go, Jay. I don't know if this is going to be helpful or not. So when you actually got it, because when you went to the the reserve, you actually were looking for one. They offered you yeah. two and it was very, they weren't going to offer you the two. They were just going to offer you the one. And the other one, the white one, I remember it was a little controversial. Like, uh, like didn't they, wasn't it worth so much money? Or something. Well, they, they they figured out they they two days before we left to go pick them up, they called us and said, "Hey, we can't we can't give you the Snow White because we just found out that she's you know worth over a million dollars." And I said, "Hey, I understand, but you know, I I I can't come back, you know, all the way. You know, it was very expensive for us to bring our bus and our trailer and go three thousand miles to pick them up and." I just said, I really, you know, I understand, but we're probably not going to come back at this time, you know, um, to just pick up one. And, and then they called us back and said, I don't know, we don't know why we're doing this, but you can have, you can have both of them. And so we immediately <laughs> left and went out there. And then when we were out Jesus there, knows. 
Absolutely. And when we were out there, they, they even when they we were loading them into our, our uh, trailer, they said, ah, I don't know why. Again, they were like, I don't know why we're doing this. We've never, you know, we've never let a, a you know, a Snow White leave this sanctuary. And, um, um, but we got her and, and she's just been a huge blessing to, to our audiences and our family. And they're just both so sweet. And it was pretty crazy in our house for the five plus months they lived here but we're glad that we did that because we just have a unique bond with them you know yeah they are family for sure how are they performing they're doing fantastic i mean they're they're in the show and and they're doing great and all three of our tigers will be in the show in las vegas and and it's it's just a privilege to be able to to share them with our audiences and we do this as you know we do a vip meet and greet before the show where people can come backstage and and um see the tigers up close uh, before the show and and they just they do so much for i think um just radiating god's glory you know people see them and up close and they're just like people constantly are commenting you know that they are just such a reflection of of god's creative glory you know and they are oh that's so good jay well hey i am so excited to tell everyone about your magic show then you're already preparing for February, but how do people get involved right now? Where do they go on YouTube? Where do they go as far as a website? Give us all your deets. So our website is joonhouse.com, Facebook forward slash joonhouse. Same thing on Instagram. We have have a a weekly YouTube blog, as you mentioned, that if they just search joonhouse on YouTube, it'll, it'll come up and we kind of do a story a short little story every week on our life and our animals and our tickets uh, are supposed to go on sale sometime in november for the show in las vegas yeah people can access that through vegas.com well we're so excited and of course my family is huge fans and follows you around but i love to hear just the god story thank you for paying a price and and thanks for sharing so vulnerably your story it's really touched i know it's going to touch so many people both in your world, but also in exploring the prophetic audience that we have, that we've developed. It's a real family and I know it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you so much. And we hope to hear from you again. I can't wait to do an update. Have you been enjoying exploring the prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with Bulls Ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're our team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner.